Hello, and welcome to We Were Just Wondering, a podcast brought to you by Wild Wonder and Wisdom. I'm Izzy, and I'm so glad you've joined us. Over the next six episodes, we're going to dive into the Cornish Sea and wade through the countryside on a quest for some answers to some very important questions. We're going to be chatting to inspiring people about the work they do with nature, young people and mental health here in our beautiful county, as well as hearing from some young people too. So, without further ado, let's go! Today, we're joined by Alex Tai from BF Adventure, a charity that runs group and individual outdoor activity sessions with the aim of supporting personal development and mental health. We're going to be touching on why outdoor activities are so beneficial to us um, and to particularly at-risk and vulnerable people, um, and also just why having a sense of adventure is, you know, can enhance our lives. But before we get to that, I just want to touch on why outdoor activities are quite so important to me personally and, I think, to the human race. Most of us know, and it's also becoming widely acknowledged in most circles, that time spent outdoors is good for our health. The outdoors can be a place not only for physical activity, but also social connection, teamwork, working with others for a common cause, or just a space to unwind, breathe fresh air and notice the world around you. Um, a recent report by Forest Research even estimated that walks taken by people in UK woodlands could save £185 million a year um, by reducing the number of NHS visits, um, prescriptions, reducing hospital and social care and increasing um, days of work, so reducing lost days of work from illness. But, you know, I mean, most of this stuff is stuff we know. This is common knowledge, it, I think, and more people are kind of coming to see this. But beyond this, there is something that is equally important when it comes to the outdoors. And it's something that we at Wild Wonder and Wisdom really try and um, bring into everything we do. And I know that a lot of other outdoor activity centres and providers do the same. It's about learning to take risks learning to handle and negotiate unpredictable situations. I think as humans we have um, a tendency to to try and control situations we're in. Uh, We've definitely all been there at some point in our lives. Um, I certainly have on a personal level, you know, I've suffered from anxiety before and quite acute anxiety and it it's all about the uncertainty of things and worrying about um, what I can't predict and what I can't control. And actually, it's prevented me from doing things before because I've been like, well, I'm actually afraid of the outcome because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, so learning to negotiate that unpredictability is so key to becoming a healthy individual. Um, and I think the outdoors has a really important part to play in that. Um and I think the people always are talking about, you know, the comfort zone, you know, I've, I've went out of my comfort zone or, or I don't want to go out of my comfort zone. And I think it's safe to say that most people think going out of our comfort zones, even just a little bit, is good for us. You know, it's kind of widely accepted that that's a good thing we can do. Um it helps us realise our full potential or grow in confidence and push ourselves to learn new skills. But no one ever left their comfort zone 
without taking a risk, uh, without facing uncertainty and apprehension. Um, and arguably, nobody ever developed in any way without taking risk or without facing uncertainty. You know, we, we wouldn't achieve anything really without assessing and negotiating risks all the time. Literally, we're humans, we do it constantly. We're constantly looking out, assessing risks, figuring out what we should do, what we should avoid. Um, so take the example of when toddlers learn to walk. It's done with lots of tripping, falling and failing before they take their first step. And and then when we grow up, we learn to start navigating the wider world. We have to learn to cross roads, use knives in the kitchen, uh, ride a bike or, or go to a job interview. These also come with a lot of trips and falls along the way that are vital to how we learn those skills. So I think it's quite clear that taking risks is inherent in our lives and in our development. And it just so happens that while the outdoors isn't the only place we can learn these things, and it definitely shouldn't be the only place we learn these skills, it's definitely a very, very useful tool and resource to learn these skills and also to integrate physical activity into it. Um, uh, and also, you know, an awareness of, of the environment we're in. So I think that's the, the position that, that I'm kind of coming from here. Um, in the outdoors, whether it be a child, a young person or an adult, you know, there are hazards everywhere. There, there are things that could go wrong, things that you could hurt yourself on, or, for example, there's trees to walk into, rivers to fall in, rock pools to slip over on. I mean, I'm certainly one who's fallen in many rock pools before. Um, but it's also such an awesome place to learn. And I, I think the the times you fall and slip, and they're, they're ve- it's very rare that they're not memorable in themselves um, in some way, shape or form. So you know, people people learn to assess risks and work out whether something's dangerous um, when they're outdoors. It develops not only their um, risk-taking and risk-negotiating skills, but also their cognitive skills. You know, risk, risk-taking is highly connected to the development of a child's brain and, um, and also the development of their spatial awareness and their motor skills. So, you know, getting used to... Um, being in an environment figuring out like how they are like how their body moves and stuff like that just vital skills we need to grow up um and you know children adults and young people we we learn to problem solve um to avoid risk or possible hazard in the outdoors we learn to respect danger and in doing so we become a lot more confident even if we don't know it subconsciously we're becoming more confident in ourselves, in how we carry ourselves, in how we present ourselves in different environments. And I think that's another thing that we should remember. Um, so I'm just going to quote a study here. Um, it was from 2019 and it looked at children who travelled to school by walking, cycling or some other active mode of transport, for example, scootering or something like that. Um, and it found that those who used active travel to get to school engaged in more playful experiences which included careful risk taking trying out new routes you know trying to go out of their comfort zone a bit like choosing a different route to go on um changing their journeys in increments so not going extreme and like really trying to go 
a completely different way but like like edging their way to the risk thinking okay I'm, I'm just going to go here this time and then maybe next time I'll go a little bit further that way um and also experimenting with new activities and and not only did these children obviously show heightened awareness of risk and um heightened confidence in risk taking but they also showed increased levels of social engagement and responsibilities so like t- looking out for their peers and looking out for their siblings which is I think quite an important part of this is that with risk taking comes that accountability that responsibility that they that these whoever is learning that skill can take into whatever part of their their life they they want to um and I think as a species we kind of know this uh, like on a on a deep intuitive level um we kind of know that the outdoors can and is very important can be and is very important um the national trust conducted a survey on parents kind of around this subject and m- admittedly more than 83% of parents in the survey thought that it was really important for their children to learn to use technology you know we're living in a very advanced society obviously that's very important but then surprisingly nine out of ten parents went on to say that they would prefer children their children to spend their childhood outdoors developing a connection with nature so I think we do know some somehow that that connection with nature is something that we kind of need a little bit and on top of this the outdoors is also really valuable for igniting imagination and and inciting creativity in people um and again it's not the only space that you can do this but it's definitely a really really valuable and accessible resource well it could be made more accessible but it's an accessible resource to do this so for example we'll take the example of a stick if you give a child a stick uh, at first they might dismiss it but before long that stick might become a magic wand or the beginnings of a secret den or a pen or a sword or a dragon's bone um, and I for one I've got a younger brother and he when I was younger he'd refuse to get in the car unless he could bring his stick home with us you know they become so meaningful to children and young people and I think that's really really vital that it's so important to have that sense of adventure that curiosity that imagination um, and you know I'm talking a lot right now but but why is this so important at the moment you know um, I think well I think now more than ever we need creativity and we need more risk takers well healthy risk takers um we're facing a very unusual and unpredictable cultural moment with so many challenges we've got a pandemic economic struggles inequality a climate emergency and i have to say i think this has hit young people particularly hard they have had to deal with so many barriers to their health education their social development over the past few years from interrupted friendships to a confusing and worrying pandemic that obviously no one's no one knows knows how to behave in um to eco anxiety and fears about the future of the climate and i think if we do anything we should encourage the next generation to be healthy risk takers to not be afraid to fail and to be creative in the way they solve problems um 
And I think the outdoors is just such an incredible vessel for people to learn these lessons for themselves in. Um, And I think this brings us really nicely to my chat with Alex Ty from BF Adventure. Um, Just a bit about Alex. He is duty coordinator for Skills for Life, which is a section of the charity dedicated to delivering individual and group sessions to those who are most at risk or vulnerable to help them develop confidence, social connections and as part of a trauma-informed approach to outdoor activities. Um, He started his career in childcare, supporting young people who had issues within the care system, using outdoor activities and other provisions, before becoming an outdoor instructor here in Cornwall. And since then, he's moved up the ranks, and now he helps run things at BF. um, And to be honest, from the warmth I felt during the tour the tour he gave me of the site and you know the smile on his face when he saw some of the young people on site doing their activities I could really tell that he loved what he did and it it, you know it meant a lot to talk about BF and his journey and the um the approaches that BF Adventure takes so I'll stop talking now I'm sure you've heard enough of me and here you go you can hear a bit from Alex Alex Ty from BF Adventure, um, and he's one of the Skills Your Way inclusion Skills for Life Skills for Life inclusion members of staff. Um, and we've just been on a beautiful tour around the site. We've been to the Via Ferrata, um, and then right up to the top, looking down on everything. We saw the zip wires, the low ropes. It, it honestly so so cool, and it's a beautiful day out there. So um, yeah, such a nice day to see the site. Um, if you hear any background noise, don't worry. It's just the band. <laughs> so, yeah, we're sat in one of the little rooms at BF. So, um, They've yeah. recently gone electric. So. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, firstly, Alex, just Hello. tell us a bit about your job here and what you do. Yeah, so, my name's Alex, as you said. Um, so, I've been working at BF for about four years now. I came in as an instructor. I'm still working in the Skills for Life programme, so that's usually one-to-one provision. Uh, for Cornwall's uh, most at-risk and vulnerable young people. Uh, and over the years, for two and a half, almost three years. And then I sort of switched up a little bit to go into more of a coordinating role. And now my role is called duty coordinator, which basically means that I uh, I think it's the best job in the place, personally, because <laughs> I get to um, choose where my efforts go yeah. and make sure that the team is functioning as, uh, as well as can be, everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I coordinate things on the ground day by day. Cool. Um, so yeah. And you like your job? I love my job. Oh, good. Yeah, it's great. Good. Um, and what what was your way into outdoor activities? Like, was it was it something you did as a young person or? or... Yeah, here and there. Yeah. Um, not not the extreme stuff. So no. I wasn't into climbing and stuff. When I was really young, I wanted to be Indiana Jones. Really. That was my. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was my. That's what I thought the the outdoors was really. Was mm. that I wanted to be an archaeologist and. And be action as well. Yeah. Um, I was in scouts and uh, did some sort of cubs and scouts camps, that mm. type of thing. Um, lots of walks around. I come from Suffolk. Nice. Um, and it's sort of very rolly hills. Mm. We come from a small town there, so there was lots of picnics out and about. I didn't really get into outdoor activities and such until I was a bit older. Mm. Um, maybe in my late 20s, early 30s. Um, and I, just, I was working in hospitality for a long time. Yeah. But it wasn't doing anything for me. Um, 
So I went to Cumbria and did a, a degree there in outdoor leadership. Wow. Um, I was there for three years, two years. How many degrees? Two three, years. Three. Three years. Yeah. 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 It, it was, <laughs> I was there for three years. Yeah. Um, then I went into uh, care, so child care, mm-hmm. um, which was outdoor-based child care. Right. So I worked for a company up in Cumbria, Maria, uh, a crisis intervention yeah. program. Yeah, so that's quite forward-thinking, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah so indeed. Nice yeah. outdoor so, approach. Yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had kids come from... Um, cities around the the, the, the country mm. and be sent up to us um, if their placements are broken down in care or yeah. whatever. And we'd have them for three or four months and be camping out in the, the lake. Oh, district. that's so awesome. Yeah, it's pretty great. That's so um, awesome. And then we came to Cornwall and I was lucky enough, like I was telling you earlier, um, to, to find BF, yeah. um, which seems to be one of the very few places in the country that has the approach that we have. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so I happened upon it. Maybe it was fate. I don't know. <laughs> it probably was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I mean, from your background, mm-hmm. you must have a sense of how important this kind of having a sense of adventure, having that, um, you know, that curiosity for the outside, how important that is for not only developing, but also for healing purposes. For sure. Yeah. yeah so yeah, tell definitely. me a bit about your experience in that area. Yeah. Well, I'd probably say that healing and development are probably the same process in a lot of ways um, yeah, yeah. Um, and the outdoors I found it to be um, it's the challenge of being in the outdoors it's the a lot of the time it's the idea of it which is I found is, is harder for yeah. some young people to get their heads around um, why would I want to do that you know and yeah and it, and, and it sounds hard you know mm-hmm. it sounds difficult and it sounds like I might fail you know and this is the big thing That's uh, it, yeah. and yeah you are you will fail Hopefully, <laughs> this, this is kind of the point. We're going to get you. If out you're there. not failing, you're yeah. not trying. Yeah, there you yeah, go. yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and from your experience, what kind of impact have you seen on the young people you've worked it with? It, it, like, you know, engaging them with the outdoors. What mm-hmm. impact have you seen from BF? Um, it varies obviously from young person to young mm-hmm. person, but um, on the whole, I think what we do really, really, really well. Um, and we just sort of, just happens to happen in the outdoors, which mm. is time, kind of the luxury of space and time that we have here, is um, bringing people back into like the the social world yeah. and bringing people out of their um, out of their boxes, mm-hmm. out of their out of their comfort zones, just for yeah. a little bit, you know, with our support. They they choose to go out, but we'll be there with them, and it's it's that sort of back and forth in between the comfort zones and. Yeah, uh, pushing and, the and boundaries come, ever just, so slightly. Just a little bit, yeah. yeah. Let's just push it a little bit today. Um, and really, the, the massive ones I've seen is that socialisation. Yeah, uh, which is the barrier for so many young people in in school, yeah. especially kind of. now, because we've just had a year. My brother's thirteen, um, and we've just had. You know, I see him trying to make friendships. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different. It's a whole different game now. We've got technology involved. Yeah. We've also got the pandemic involved. Yeah. Friends, friendships have been lost, like they've been disconnected from that kind of that way of socialising. Yeah. So now places like this are really a, a gateway 
yeah. for so many young people. Yeah. And I think that's why they're becoming more popular as well, yeah, because people are seeing the opportunities there are there to meet new people and engage in new stuff, yeah. even if it's engaging just with, a, with an instructor. Even that's socialising. Yeah, it's really you know, Even that's teaching you cool, like key lessons you're not going to get yeah. if, you're, if having, you're too scared to go out of your bedroom. Yeah, you know. Sure. Yeah. So and having like new role models and being able to yeah. pick your role models. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something that, that's been lost as well, potentially, is that the the role models other than your parents or, mm. you know like and like obviously there's, there's organisations like Scouts and, uh, and things like this but mm. I think we've lost a lot of the sort of the community aspect of raising yeah. young people and, and meeting other people and nicking stuff off everybody you know yeah. and that's what we tell all our kids totally. and um, I know that trauma comes into your mm-hmm. approach yeah. and I know that in, in trauma informed care and in trauma informed you know activities having that role model that's a protective factor in itself protecting young people from from i don't know falling on falling on the wayside a little bit you know um their mental health that that's such a key part of it having someone to look up to having someone that is like you but is slightly like someone that you can you it's realistic goal isn't it that is a protective protective factor in itself that's right yeah yeah um, and what other kind of approaches does BF t- take to, to their activities? So at BF, we sort of we've, we've functioned, we've fashioned our own sort of practice based on on three approaches really. Mm-hmm. You, could, we've, you could and we have made it into a Venn diagram, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> where you've got trauma informed schools approach, which I'll, I'll, I'll outline in a second. Yeah, yeah. And we've got um, like youth work, mm-hmm. which is kind of. Um, working with youth yeah. yeah. and coach, yeah. like coaching I, I, I see it as coaching yeah um, and then we've got outdoor education as well obviously because mm-hmm. we can do stuff in the outdoors and utilize the outdoors um, to put people in the positions where they um, need to grow yeah in order to to get on mm-hmm. um, so in terms of the trauma-informed school stuff um, that's something we're trying to bring in more and more as the years go on um, and it's, uh, it's um, one massive tenant of, of trauma-informed schools is having that emotion, emotionally available adult, yeah, um, and which which can turn the tide, yeah, uh, for the young person, and it's been proven that that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about ACE scores earlier, um, so just, adverse child yeah, experiences. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> just briefly describe what that is. Yeah, I'm not so sure everyone I think there's, I think there's ten. They may have extended it. it might be eleven now. Yeah. Um, um, adverse childhood experiences. Um, and then depending on how many of that list you have, it ranges from like, emotional um, abuse yeah. um, down to neglect. It's not just what happens to you, but it's what what, you've, what you've witnessed, experienced, precisely. everything that you might have been through in your childhood. Yeah, basically, yeah. and the things that were not in your childhood that should have been there as well. So exactly, it's the, it's the absence of things as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, they say that a it's been what's well, been shown that a, a score of three or more. Um, the risks of things like um, alcoholism, yep. um, poor attendance at school, um, uh, falling into sort of circles with, with crime, criminality, mm-hmm. um, being an abuser yourself, yeah. um, it, just, it just goes up uh, dramatically after only three. If you've got five plus, again, it's even higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they've also shown is that if you can get an emotionally available adult by your side by the, before you're 18, mm-hmm. That has the capacity to turn that around. Right. Um, so we're sort of coming from that point of view, yeah. in that um, and being aware of those things and how that, how to manage those relationships. And I suppose that's why skills for life is such an integral part of this because it's really a one to one or even two to one. Yep. Can, you can know, be. delivery, yep. which is like 
so rare now. Yeah. And, and I think that's just so, so important to to have. Um, and I love the fact that Cornwall's got the opportunity to have something like this. Yeah. And like so, I yeah. said, I've never seen one. No. Throughout the whole country. And uh, people have come from all over and got jobs in and go, oh, I didn't. Didn't know you could didn't do yeah. yeah, I've worked yeah. in places like this, but not, not, not do this. <laughs> not quite on this scale. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, do you have any any specific memories from mm-hmm. your work that made you really think, what I'm doing is worthwhile, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's the young people that come here that have been um, incredibly isolated. Mm. Those are the ones that sort of stick out because you can see that... Um, obviously a very common thing with any sort of um, outdoor centre or any sort of thing where young people have to put themselves out there. It's tough. You know, the first day yeah. is really hard. And yeah. Some people don't make it past the car park on the first day. Um, and it's really common, you know. And mm. but when you see them, the first day they're in the car park. And the second day, they're outside the car. Yeah. And, and they might meet an instructor, you know. And, yeah. Um, and um, we've hired very well here. We've got an, an amazing team of, of people, all with um, different backgrounds, different skill sets, different interests. So they'll meet one of those wonderful people mm. and they might come for a cup of tea and then that might be it. Um, but eventually over time, those young people, you, you'll get to know them yeah. um, to such an extent where you can obviously see why that was so hard in the first place and then to see the, the arc of their engagement. Yeah. I mean, the activities are great and to see them achieve through the activities, obviously that's the vessel. That is, yeah, it's the exactly. Vessel, you know, it, yeah. It's, it's not the goal. Um, and sometimes they'll pick one and, and not pick one, but it's that coming out of of some sort of period of isolation yeah. and, uh, uh, and quite hard times. That's yeah. what I like to see. And then you start to see a little glimmer of them for a while. Yeah. Oh, there you are. They I just see. like to like come out of their Yeah, yeah, I see you. They're yeah. twinkling and they look at you. They might look at you for the first time. You go, oh, there you are. I see you. Yeah. That's great. Now let's, let's build on that, you yeah. know, and then see what else there is in there. And um, what other programmes do you run here other than the one-to-one sessions? Then? Yeah, so as well as our one-to-one Skills for Life sessions, um, they also come under the banner of sort of Skills for Life because mm. um, it's all encompassing really. But we have a number of uh, group provisions, mm-hmm. which are sort of short-term ones, um, which we get funding from from Children Need, mm-hmm. uh, from the Ironmongers, uh, from Warville Grant Foundation, um, from National Lottery, for example, um, and we fund some group provisions that are usually six to eight young people and they've got a focus on something specific so we have a head out program yeah um, which is focused around young people struggling with ill mental health mm-hmm. um, of all sorts um, and not from those little young people that struggle to get out of the car park to start with you know but everyone's in the same boat so uh, it can be some quite amazing uh, days with yeah. those young people after a couple of weeks once they start to get comfortable um, so let's head out. And then we have our totem uh, groups as well, which is to support LGBTQ oh, awesome. um, young people in Cornwall, mm-hmm. which has been really popular, really successful. Um, and I, that's probably one of my favourite yeah. programmes to work on. It's very, um, uh, it's very like they're in it together. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. feel part of that. And it's really nice to have people meet each other. They may not have met somebody going right. through the same stuff that they're going through, like, ever. Right. Or they do, and it's one person. They finally say we. There's six or seven. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's great. And it's, that's, yeah, those are some of my favourite. Uh, and what groups. kind of activities would you do with them, then? Uh, the same as everything same else. So we do zip wire, climbing, kayaking, canoeing, uh, climbing, I've already said that, um, mm. z- uh, the Via Ferrata. Yeah. Uh, we do um, group activities, games, 
we do our adventure quarry, which we walk through, mm. like the, uh, the island hopping. And so um, you've seen a, a really, building. have you seen a really positive outcome from those specific totem activities yeah. then? Yeah. 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 hundred yeah, percent. And it's more about the way the group knits itself together. That's, yeah. That's, that's what's special about that program, I think. Um, it's that uh, camaraderie and that, mm. um, it's just really, really makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I suppose with outdoor activities, because you really do need to work as a team, yeah. you have to support each other. Yeah. You don't really have much choice but to connect, no. do you? No. So I think that's where the beauty comes from because, you know, we don't need outdoor activities to make these people group together. No. But having it there is such a, is such a bonding experience. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I've never, yeah. I never, I haven't heard of the LGBTQ plus outdoor experiences before either. No. So that's quite, yeah. quite a unique niche, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And um, obviously successful. Really so. successful. Awesome. Really successful. And some of the young people that have been on that have continued to volunteer with us. Oh, really? Um, and, and gone to some more things mm. through that. Um, it's been great. Until recently, we've also had an adventure ed programme, um, which we're hoping to pick up again soon. Mm-hmm. And it's like a 16 plus people uh, for you. 16 plus uh, age group Mm -hmm. for young people who need to sort of get back out into the world Mm -hmm. following school maybe young people who who are neat um, so just describe neat uh, not in employment not in education employment or training yeah yeah and as well as sort of getting them out and socializing Mm because often that's the the barrier. Yeah. Um, um, they also get some uh, accredited uh, certificates, in, oh, which cool. they can put towards going on and doing something else. And that's like another. That's like a whole term or two terms um, right. of people of provision. Um, so we run those um, like for six weeks awesome. generally and um, through term. Time. And if anyone wanted to get involved yeah. in any of this, because this is all sounding so awesome. Yeah. What, where can they go? They just visit the website? So for the BF Adventure side, which is the sort of the core charity, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can go onto our website. Um, you'll probably see there as well, there's a button for the Via Ferrata, which yeah. is technically a separate uh, entity. Um, it's run more as an adventure centre for public. Yeah. Um, and they also do um, holiday activity days and stuff for um, uh, for the public in the summer. Cool. So you don't have to be referred by schools and by social workers and etc. You can also just um, get on and have some fun here yeah. as a paying customer. Um, but yeah, so the, the core charity side, go to our website, bfadventure.org. Yeah. Um, and everything will be there. And... Um... In terms of the future of BF and, mm-hmm. and the future of your career, yeah. what are your hopes? What are your, what so our hopes for BF are to be the go-to yeah. service in Cornwall, mm-hmm. for sure, at least, <laughs> uh, for young people who are struggling in school, and struggling to, because um, school's not for, for everybody, no. it doesn't suit everybody, no. um, and we pride ourselves here on being able to connect with those people who have had bad, terrible experiences at school and believe things about themselves which are wrong. Mm-hmm. And we'd like to be that the go-to service for that. Um, obviously, we're limited by space and, and numbers and money at the moment because mm-hmm. we're a charity. So, um, But to, to continue to grow that, to get more um, into our... Uh, make sure all of our staff are um, trained to mm-hmm. a higher level so we can um, improve uh, on our outcomes. Yeah first and foremost, and then maybe branch out into other sites yeah. um, and uh, 
start moving the BF flag northwards. Who knows? <laughs> Who um, knows? Uh, that yeah, that's that's that's, yeah. that's the goal for BF awesome. for sure, and and just to be that. Yeah. The first thing people think of. Well, I think there's a space opening up for stuff like this, mm. especially the trauma-informed um, stuff, because you know we've just come out of such a traumatic period, and who knows what the fallout of that's going to be in a few years. Yeah. So I think this this area is only opening up. So hopefully, yeah, I think it will. <laughs> it will. Yeah. 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 Um, and finally, just to round things off, if you had to say something to your younger self, uh, one oh, piece of advice yeah. you to give your younger self. Yeah. What would you What would you say? Do you think? Fail more. Fail more. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Last night we ran a roller skating session in Mevagissi, um with our this girl can after school clubs, and lots of the girls kept falling over. Yeah. Um, but they were falling on their bums, and I wanted them to fall on their knees and hands because that's a safer way to fall. Yes. And um, and I kept going around. I said, "Oh my god, I love your falling! I love your falling!" And they're all like, "You keep telling us how good we're falling." I'm like, "That's the point, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's the point." Welcome out of town. Yeah, you? you're trying. That's the point. You're not sat there worry like worrying about it. You're really going for it, and you're falling over. And I lo- I just love that. Yeah, so yeah. I love that piece of advice, and yeah. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, please fail more everyone fail more. <laughs> awesome okay Alex thank you for that no worries it was so lovely to hear from Alex and to see the space at BF Adventure if you have some spare time I'd definitely recommend going to check it out you can find out more details about their activities and courses at www.bfadventure.org or find them on social media by searching BF Adventure Now, we're nearly at the end of our show, but before you go, I'd just like to impart a little nugget of knowledge to put a smile on your face today. I'll try and do this each episode, and if anyone has anything they want me to answer or discuss, please get in touch with us at wildwonderandwisdom at outlook.com or by finding us on Instagram or Facebook by searching at wildwonderandwisdom. So, my little nugget of knowledge this episode is about the majestic humpback whale. We are often bombarded with kind of sad stories and tales of endangered animals, the destruction of habitats and concerns about species, but we rarely hear some of the good news stories when it comes to Mother Nature. Well, it turns out that since whaling stopped in the 1970s, humpback whale populations have recovered to nearly 93% that of pre-whaling numbers. Um, So in the 1950s, there were only 440 Western South Atlantic humpbacks left. But in 2019, it was estimated that there were actually between 120 and 150,000 humpbacks now swimming around in our oceans. And if that doesn't put a smile on your face, I don't know what will. Um, And now, just a quick look towards episode two. Uh, We're going to be discussing the power of the sea and other blue spaces in helping us develop and heal. And we have more special guests to guide us through too. It's going to be jam-packed, so please do join us again. Um, I'm so glad you joined us for the first episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, And that's all for today. So, goodbye. Goodbye.